Hey guys, this is Faye. And this is Nick. And we are two third year OBGYN residents from Brown. Welcome to our first episode of Creogs Over, Over Coffee. Coffee. So this is our first episode and part of what we want to do is explain why exactly we're doing this. Faye and I both study for Creogs probably just like you and every year we search for all the resources and all the things and we never find anything that quite hits the mark. So we decided to make our own. So Creogs Over Coffee is designed for busy OBGYN residents like you and me where you don't really have any time to sit down after a long hard day to really read your books. We hope that between the 10 minutes that it takes you to get from your house to the hospital or the 10 minutes that you have between cases, you can learn something that's valuable for the Creogs. That being said, this podcast is not at all meant to be a comprehensive review of all of OBGYN. That is what residency is for. And we don't guarantee that we go over every detail in our podcast, given that each of our episodes are only 10 minutes long. We still encourage you to do your normal reading and also to do your Creog questions. to start us off, our very first topic will be primary amenorrhea. <laughs> Nick, what exactly is primary amenorrhea? So we'll take a step back, actually, and let's talk about just amenorrhea. So amenorrhea means having no periods, no duh. But primary amenorrhea differs from secondary amenorrhea and that primary amenorrhea means you've never had a period before. And secondary amenorrhea means you had them before, but now you don't. We define primary amenorrhea as absence of the first period or menarche by age 15. You should also consider a workup for primary amenorrhea if there's no secondary sexual characteristics by age 13. So let's talk a little bit about what you would do if a 17-year-old comes into your office and they don't have periods. I think, you know, you have to start outside of the exam room and start thinking exactly what could be going on. So I kind of like to break this down by organ system. So kind of like what's leading up to what you need to have a period, okay. right? So the first thing you need is you need to have um, a uterus, a cervix, and a vagina to yeah, have a period. all the pieces. Right, exactly. Second of all, you need to have ovaries to have a period. And then on top of that, what controls the ovaries would be your pituitary, and then what controls the pituitary, the hypothalamus. So any breakdown in any of this is going to cause you not to have a period. So I guess let's start from the bottom and work our way up. So hopefully you have this patient in a room. You're going to do a history and physical. Mm -hmm. Hopefully at this point you also have a pregnancy test cooking because that would be a really bad one to miss. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> um, and so let's say we start. We do this exam. Maybe right away we see something like an imperforate hymen or we get a sense for a vaginal septum. We may have our answer right then and there. Yep. So after this, we kind of move up the chain. So you don't see an imperforate hymen. You don't see a transverse vaginal septum. The next question is, do you see a cervix or can you feel a uterus? In the majority of these patients, they will have a uterus. And that should prompt you to move on to your next laboratory exams. So those would be things like getting your FSH, getting your TSH, checking a prolactin. Your FSH is going to come back either high or low slash normal. And this is how, in my mind, I kind of break the two down. Okay. So in someone who has a really high FSH, you're worried about something like primary ovarian insufficiency or Turner syndrome. 
basically a high FSH means that your brain is working and it's telling your body that you should have periods, but the ovaries aren't responding. In both of these cases, you would want to pursue more genetic testing, so either like a karyotype for someone who you think has Turner syndrome, um, or you want to test for things like Fragile X. Okay, so Nick, what about the patient who has like a low or normal FSH? So with kind of a low normal FSH, you have to wonder if everything's working in the brain. And so one place that actually is a good place to look on your exam would be whether there's any breast development. If there is no breast development at this point, you have to wonder, okay, is there any FSH or LH being made at all, or maybe even higher up, is there any GnRH being made at all okay. to basically prompt FSH to cause all these secondary sexual characteristics to form? These type of things are either central hypothalamic disorders, congenital GnRH deficiency, or don't forget about the female athlete triads that also can cause low FSH and low estrogen and prevent breast development. Okay, so you want to see if you know your BMI is like below 18.5 and things like that. Exactly, and a contrast MRI is not a bad idea either to make sure that you don't have any central disease affecting the hypothalamus or pituitary at this point. You're also ordering things like GnRH and probably a bunch of other labs to assess for their hypothalamic function, so it also wouldn't be a bad idea at this point to also get endocrinology involved. Absolutely. So what if you do your physical exam, Nick, and the patient um, does have breast development? So if there is breast development, at this point you have to think about the same things that cause secondary amenorrhea. So pregnancy obviously being one possibility, but things like PCOS thyroid dysfunction, a prolactinoma, and so you still lean on your endocrine testing. So we worked our way all the way up through the brain and under the assumption that a uterus was present. But what if we did our exam, Faye, and the uterus wasn't there? So I think the first thing to consider is like, do you just have a transverse vaginal septum, right? And there's actually a uterus behind there that you're not seeing. So for these patients, you would definitely order a pelvic ultrasound just to confirm okay. that there is no uterus. Mm -hmm. And if there isn't a uterus, then you really need to start thinking about kind of the zebras out there. So you should get a karyotype because these are patients that may have androgen insensitivity syndrome and actually be XY, um, or you they can have 5-alpha reductase deficiency. So clearly primary amenorrhea is a broad topic and there are lots of different possibilities that can contribute to why somebody may not have their first period by the age of 15. In the end, each of these diagnoses has its own particular set of treatments or therapies and so really you have to follow the line and consult your specialist as necessary. Okay, Nick, so just to review, we talked about basically four different levels of things that can cause primary amenorrhea, the first of which is uterus, cervix, or vagina. So this would be things like malarian agenesis, um, transverse vaginal septum, imperforate hymen, things like that. Okay, and then we went one level above that to the gonads or the ovaries, where you could have something like gonadal dysgenesis, like you see in Turner syndrome, or primary ovarian insufficiency. And then we talked about the pituitary, so things like infiltrative diseases, things are causing, that are causing the pituitary not to work, hyperprolactinemia, thyroid disease, medication, stuff like that. Okay, and then the highest level of all being the hypothalamus that controls your GnRH. So this could be as simple as something like a constitutional delay of puberty, 
an isolated GnRH deficiency like you see in Kalman syndrome when you can't smell things. And also don't forget about functional hypothalamic amenorrhea or hypothalamic hypogonadism like with the female athlete triads, the weight loss, stress, eating disorders, heavy exercise. So I think with that, that is the end of our very first podcast. Wow, that's incredible. So guys, if you liked this podcast, take some time, rate us on iTunes. And if you have any questions or any specific topic like that you'd like to hear, or if we miss something on this episode, please let us know um, by emailing us at creogsovercoffee at gmail.com. That is spelled C-R-E-O-G-S over coffee at gmail.com. So one more time, I'm Nick. This is Faye. And this has been Creogs Over Coffee. And remember, always check a pregnancy test. <laughs>